Hello, everyone, and welcome to Movie Musicals March Madness. Uh, my name is Michael Fling here on the artistic staff at Goodspeed. I can't really see that because I put the overview on it, but um, I'm so thrilled that you're here joining us as we do our live results from the Sweet 16 competition where we've got um, 16 of our original 64 uh, movie musicals left in the competition. But before I get any further, I'm going to go and bring into the stream uh, my co-host and uh, Goodspeed's other artistic associate and resident dramaturg extraordinaire, Annika Chapin. Hello, Annika. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. A little nervous. I mean, I have to say, it's it really, it, it's a fascinating like it, to look at last year and then look at this year. I mean, we've we've kind of already talked offline about like what what do we do in year three? But it is fascinating to look at the last year so many upsets and this year like we've got some upsets but for the most part a pretty like standard almost kind of could have predicted and if you put it into a machine type um you know output i guess um or out um outcome i guess that's the better word to use um but still i have to say this round had the hardest matchup for me that like just ripped my soul in two to have to pick so we'll wait we'll wait till till that till to get there but what matchups today are you i'm gonna bring in i'm got the visuals which matchup today are you like most curious to see the outcome of i mean i think there's probably gonna be a few that are not gonna go the way that i think um i'm very curious to see wizard of oz versus cinderella because that feels like classic beloved versus new beloved I'm very curious to see the Wiz versus Cabaret. And I'm I'm very, actually probably the number one is Les Mis versus Hello Dolly because Les Mis has had a lot more power in this competition than I thought. I really did not give it enough credit as a film. I mean, I know people love the show, but I didn't, I didn't think this was something that people had a lot of passion for necessarily. Like I think people like the movie, but not like love, love, love it. But that might be wrong. And Hello Dolly is... You know, I would think that Hello Dolly can take that, but maybe not. I, I just, I, I feel like I'm not sure of the power of Lim is here. I mean, I think either way, almost, uh, depending on what happens with the Wizard of Oz Cinderella matchup, uh, they're probably walking. I mean, I guess there are other lower seeds too. Willy Wonka as a 12. Um, uh, but like, depending on what happens between those two matchups, but I, I, they may walk out of this, the lowest seed you know, Cinderella story, depending on what happens. So I, it has been interesting. We kind of underestimated the Les Mis movie. And frankly, I underestimated the Hello Dolly movie. I, I love it. I know Annika loves it. We've talked about it a lot and how much we love it. But I kind of thought that it was one of those that would fall away that people didn't have uh, as much love for. But clearly, I mean, maybe it, it beat Newsies. I mean, Newsies was one that we really thought was going to be this major contender and it didn't, it got knocked out in the second round. So anyway, that's, I mean, it'll be fascinating to see. So before we get too much further in discussing it, we do have to have something to talk about as the as the matchups go. To remind everyone, we are here because of Goodspeed On Demand and the stream of Passing Through, uh, which you can go to goodspeed.org. It's streaming through April 4th. Um, it's absolutely well worth an evening or two of your time. I, I guarantee you. We have a new, we have a podcast episode out that deep dives into Passing Through, which features the authors, um, Brett Ryback and Eric Uyoa, uh, which is also a great primer. I have to say, as someone who didn't know the show super well, 
um, I, after we did the podcast, I am talking to the, the two of them and Annika's brilliant deep dive into a song that I'm not going to spoil because we're going to show a clip of it later. I was like, oh my God, I go, want to go back and watch it again. Like, I feel like there's so much more that I want to like absorb about it. It's such a special, special treat. So, so definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, so our next, let's see, our first matchup. Uh, to see who makes it to the Elite Eight is a number one seated Singing in the Rain versus a number four seated Funny Girl. Uh, I have to say, I haven't watched Singing in the Rain, may have to be one of those that I go back and watch um, before the competition's over because it's one of my favorites. I love it, but I, I definitely haven't watched it in a minute. Um, but I did watch Funny Girl recently and I, I was so taken by how great I think a movie adaptation it really is. I mean, Barbara is wonderful in it. It definitely has some song replacements that are controversial from uh, the original uh, movie, but, uh, you know, Cornette Man did not make the cut, but is replaced by I'd Rather Be Blue, which is a song I really enjoy, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, Annika, what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think this, the star power of Barbara is going to be enough to topple the number one seated uh, Singing in the Rain? I do not. I think that Singing in the Rain is, is going to have a pretty clear path here. I just, I think it's firing on all cylinders. Yep, here we see 72%. That sounds about right. It's like, there's so much going for Singing in the Rain. It's such a great show. The score is amazing. Pretty much every performance in that movie is a, a just a stellar performance. There's just number after number after number. And Funny Girl just doesn't have that kind of power. It has Barbara, who obviously is like a titan, giving a Titanic performance, but it doesn't have that. It's not as loaded. So singing in the rain takes it. I'm not surprised. I'm going to have to say my critique of the funny girl movie is like, it is very much shot like an old fashioned musical, even though it's really from like the late 60s, it's like 68. It's like almost the seventies and like film had definitely progressed beyond some of the shots that they do, which I just thought was kind of interesting at, like mm -hmm. to, to watch. It definitely is filmed in an old fashioned way. Whereas Singing in the Rain is absolutely filmed in an old fashioned way, but that's like part of it. That's part of yeah. its spirit and part of its part of its thing. I do think we do have uh, Miss Streisand herself uh, or perhaps Miss Bryce available for comment. Um, if we can go down, I think she's at quite a, a loud location. Make it hot, sir. Guess I didn't make it. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer. I simply gotta march my heart to drum. I know, body no nobody is coming. Rain and I think rejecting rejecting her loss um, and uh, cle very clear, a clever uh, dig at Singing in the Rain with uh, nobody's going to rain on her parade, okay? Everything. And, and, you know, it's funny, that clip, seeing it again, like, lately, I don't know if you saw the drone shot of the erupting volcano. Have you seen I, this? No, I've not. Look on the internets because there's... I, somewhere in Europe, a volcano is erupting and uh, somebody got this amazing drone shot that is of this volcano erupting. It's like a shot that you never saw, thought you would see. And I'm watching this clip of Funny Girl and thinking, oh, it's basically the drone shot of a volcano. Like such is the power of 
of Barbara Streisand and you have this like long shot of just this fireball in the middle of it. So. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, and and I and as I did that, it's like the longest clip that we will ever play because how do you cut in the middle of it? It's so so good. But like, I mean, again, I know like the people have some people who are very like big fans of Barbara slash the original like prefer the original Broadway album to the movie album. And I'm a little bit like her voice like just matured and grew like a little bit. And that like full orchestra, I, I prefer the movie album. And that's not something that a lot of people will admit oh, to. Interesting. Anyway. I shout out to the amazing colors of that, that costume, which is kind of a mustardy yellow against the sort of turquoise of the fairy. Costume designers doing their work. Costumes. Irene, I believe it's, is it Irene Truth? I don't know. That's not right. I'm not sure, but let me tell you, I, Funny Girl is actually one I need to rewatch because I haven't rewatched in a while. And I'm very excited, partially because of how fabulous the outfits have been in all these clips. Even Jake the Plumber, he's the man I adore. It's so good. Okay. All right. Our next matchup uh, in the upright stage division um, to, to duke it out against Singing in the Rain for the championship. In this division, we've got a number three seated Mary Poppins versus a number two seated Chicago. Two uh, wonderfully made, wonderful, wonderful. I, I, you know, I have to say, if there hadn't been another matchup in this competition, this may be one that, like, you know, would be a little existential for me. Um, but I love Mary Poppins so much, so it's. I think pretty much anything anything would go against Mary Poppins and I would vote for it personally. But I also know there's a contention of people that really don't like Mary Poppins. And I feel like Chicago is a great opportunity for those people to kind of like all glom together and take down Mary Poppins. Um, but what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Mary Poppins will pull off the upset here? I think it will. I think it will. I think it's just so beloved. Um, again, the family movies seem to be having a little more strength here. The older ones seem to be having a little more strength here. So I, I think this will be fine. Although I, it does make me want to see the penguins from Mary Poppins do the um, cell block tango. I don't know. That is a great idea. There's mashup possibilities here, I think. That's a million dollar idea. Um, we do have an upset alert. Um, it ends up not being so, uh, it ends up not being as close, uh, closer than I think I would have predicted. Oh, is it going to come up? Where are we at percentages wise? What's happening? Is it me? Oh, here we go. Okay. All right. We got a 60 to 40. Uh, Mary Poppins is going to make it out and beat Chicago, but a very tough, definitely the toughest matchup Mary Poppins has had yet. Um, and uh, yeah, so that will make the championship um, between Singing in the Rain and Mary Poppins. Since our brackets have, have been shot to uh, shot to bleep, um, what what do you think is going to, do you think Singing in the Rain, with the, uh, the duel of the umbrellas, the, uh, the dueling umbrellas, who is going to make it to the final four, Sing in the Rain or Mary Poppins? Oh, I am not sure on this one, honestly. I I really don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I think I know where I will vote, but ah, uh, maybe I don't. I mean, this is this is this is why this gets harder and harder and harder because these are both great, great films, great, great musicals on screen. I think. I, I'm going to give it to Mary Poppins. I think Mary Poppins might take this one. I think Mary Poppins may too. I, that's what I originally predicted. I think, I mean, I don't know. Singing in the Rain has yet to really find um, a matchup that seems to be even remotely close. Um, Mary Poppins certainly kind of met its match with Chicago. So I don't know if that has more to do with Mary Poppins' weakness or Chicago's strength. That's always kind of one of the questions that we have. But I, this is definitely Singing in the Rain's toughest matchup yet. And... 
yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I, I know where my vote will be going, as I probably have already said in this broadcast, um, but it should be very interesting. Yes. All right, so we move on down to the downstage right bracket. We've got a number one seated West Side Story versus a number five seated Moulin Rouge. Um, I have to say, I was a little surprised um, by how not close this one was. Um, we've got about three fourths going for West Side Story and only a quarter going for Moulin Rouge. Um, I, you know, we're sad to see Moulin Rouge go. I think what a wonderful, wonderful um, film. Uh, but West Side Story, of course, one of the all-time greats, and uh, there's a, continues to be a lot of love for West Side Story. I, so, again, it has yet to kind of, I mean, it took out Greatest Showman. I think this is its highest percentage competitor yet, I think, at Moulin Rouge. So, yeah. I think yeah, so. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by this, too. I mean, I, I wondered if, you know... I think this might be an example of, well, I thought I should say, you know, like West Side Story is a classic, but, you know, for me personally, sometimes the ones that are really sad um, are not the ones I go back to again and again, Moulin Rouge, although these are actually both tragedies now that I think about it, and both feature a lot of singing on balconies as major plot moments. Well, and both kind of like forbidden romance stories. I mean, they there definitely are lots of, West Side Story, Romeo and Juliet vibes in Moulin Rouge as well on a certain level. I mean, that's actually very true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Also, West Side Story features a mambo as a as a major sort of dance number. Moulin Rouge has a tango. Um, sort of like there's a lot of huh. Well, this is very <laughs> interesting. Hmm. <laughs> a topic for another time about the similarities between these two, but. Um, Moulin Rouge, a more contemporary classic. Uh, maybe maybe Moulin Rouge fell a little bit because, you know, I love Moulin Rouge. I don't really think of Moulin Rouge as a musical in the same way that I think of West Side Story as a musical. So perhaps that was uh, partially why it fell a little bit. Like when it comes down to it, people have to give it to the thing that's more of a, a titan of the form specifically. But yeah. I mean, Moulin Rouge is certainly also um, controversial. I mean, there are not, it, it has its passionate devotees, but it also has people who are not fans of it. So again, I expected a little bit more out of it in this in this matchup, but um, but it's yeah. still, I mean, did very well. Again, as we're saying, it has outperformed West Side Story's other competitors, so. Yeah, and also we should mention that Moulin Rouge is now at, well, now, quote unquote now, in the normal times, uh, a, a Broadway musical that probably will be returning as soon as Broadway opens and probably will be pretty much dominating the weird Tony Awards of this well, time. Well, I was going to say, yeah, and, and up for uh, Best Musical Tony and uh, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Um, but a yeah. the Tonys, that's a whole other, whole other thing. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we go to our, our next matchup. Our, so West Side Story making it to the um, Elite Eight, as it were, and it will compete against either a three-seated Grease or a number two-seated My Fair Lady uh, for the Downstage Right Championship, um, Division Championship. Uh, Annika, what, do you, what are your tea leaves saying about this matchup? I mean, this is another one that could really go either way. Both beloved shows, um, both beloved movie versions. Uh, Grease, I think more beloved as a movie than it is as a stage show. Not so much for My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady really has that um, stage advantage, I think. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to put my money on My Fair Lady, but I with no confidence at all. I'm putting no money on that. So this, we do have, we do have an upset alert and we're actually going to dive into the cross tabs because there's some interesting, again, turnout is a big factor here. We had our re a record turnout 
for the Sweet 16, by the way, um, for Ooh. the competition as a whole, everything, a record turnout um, on, in on Instagram. So diving into the crosstabs, Greece winning both on Instagram, on both Instagram accounts, Ooh. but barely, very, very, very tight, which I, Again, I, I, I don't know what I expected. I think I, I, I did predict Greece to take it. Um, so, I, you know, but, uh, yeah. oh, and I don't think I actually changed. Um, I feel like I maybe messed up some of the math here because I think My Fair Lady actually beat it on um, the Facebook. I think those numbers are reversed, but um, it does um, it does weigh out to um, Greece pulling off a win um, without some rounding here, um, a 52, 48, 47. Uh, split so Greece versus West Side Story. We bid adieu to My Fair Lady. Um, that Henry Higgins will just have to wait another day for his <laughs> ultimate ultimate contest. Um, so between the two, you know, I don't want to call them both gangs because like the oh, yeah, good words. The T Birds are not they're a, they're not a gang in the same way. They're I mean I guess they're a gang, but there's a better way. They're just a you know between the I don't know. What do you call them? The, well, they're, they're they're sort of a benign gang, right? They're yeah. somewhere benign. I think they think of themselves as a gang, but they're more of a clique. I, but, right. And the the pink ladies are gonna are the pink ladies gonna rule the school? Or <laughs> um, <laughs> what's gonna happen here? Uh, I think we do have um, West Side Story here um, for a comment on on the upcoming matchup. They're ready for a fight. They're ready for a fight. What do you think? Do you think they'll win? Do you think they'll take it over Greece, or do you think Greece has the power to topple West Side Story? Uh, I wish they could all get along because basically the T Birds and the Jets are sort of the same ultimately. But um, sort of. Um, God, we're just like we're just sprouting out other discussion topics of unknown some like similarities between these shows. Um, I think Greece might take it. I think I, it's possible. Yeah, I think it's possible, but but I don't know. Again, West Side Story is like one of the biggie biggies, but so is Greece. You know, it's. I think it's. I, I, I don't know. I think I think I know where my vote is going to go, but I I, I, was gonna say, I know where mine is going to go, but I think I mean ultimately, I think what's what's interesting is far and away, Greece is definitely the toughest competition that West Side Story's had so far. I think. Yeah. I, I would kind of. I think I would, I guess, uh, a tip off or a, a tip of the hat to our um, seeding thus far that we have basically, you know, in terms of power rankings, like we're pretty consistent. I mean, we've got two one seed matchups so far versus a three seeded matchup, and they're pretty tight races. So I think we did a pretty good job in terms of, of seeding and, and ranking and our in our little formula, I would say, is is pretty, pretty good. But this one, I think, is kind of anyone's game. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be, I, I really, this is the hardest one to predict, I think. I mean, they've all been hard so far, but I don't know. This one seems really tough. So before we actually head over to the stage left division, um, of course, we are here because of Passing Through, which is streaming right now on Goodspeed On Demand. I'm going to throw it to a little thing um, through April 4th. Um, so head on over to goodspeed.org and get your ticket slash link today. I saw so many people on Instagram watching it last night um, and using our hashtag um, Passing Through Watch Party, which is really exciting. But of course, we, as we already kind of talked about, there uh, we have a podcast episode out today 
um, that is really uh, deep diving into the creation process of what it is to make a new musical um, in the, um, well, I guess, what are we calling the decade that is the tens of the, um, the teens of the 21st century? Do we have a name for the decade yet? I don't know. I don't know if we do. We're calling it. Anyway, but we talk about what it's like to create a musical in a contemporary environment. Um, is uh, So our unofficial title of the episode is Putting It Together um, because we spend quite a bit of time chatting with um, Brett and Eric, who are the extremely talented, gifted, and um, endlessly entertaining writers who we probably could have talked to for three hours, but we managed to cut it down to, to um, not three hours. Um, but Annika does a brilliant, I'm going to, I'm going to brag on her as I am, as I love to do. And, and she gets very uncomfortable, um, but does a brilliant deep dive into the song. These days are gone, which is um, an act two um, uh, ballad, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, it's a slow tempo song that's uh, reflecting on, on, how quickly time moves and things. And after we did our um, event, our member event last night promoting the show, which was a cast reunion and Reed Armstrong, who's the actor who plays Dennis um, in this clip and Max Chernin, of course, who plays Andrew. Um, I just, uh, and then I edited the podcast and listened to the deep dive. And I was like, I just, I want to share the song because it's so wonderful and beautiful. So Annika, do you have anything, any spoilers for your deep dive on These Days Are Gone that we can listen for in the first like, you know, two minutes of the song? Well, I mean, uh, it depends on exactly when we, is it just the very beginning? It's just the song. It's just the song. It's the song. The scene beforehand is not, you could set it up. You could set up what happens. Before. I could say, okay, I'll do a little tiny teaser. So basically uh, this song is, uh, as Michael said, it's at the, in act two, Andrew has completed probably three quarters of his journey. He still has to go through the desert, which is very dangerous. And he's starting to think a lot about the end of the journey. What's next? Um, he meets this old rancher in New Mexico named Dennis, who lives alone in this ranch that he has built. And um, Dennis is the one who sings this song. And just to set this up a little tiny bit, Brett Ryback has done something so beautiful here, which is that this song arises out of what we call diegetic sound, which is which is Andrew in the scene is playing a mandolin. So the sound is something that those characters would hear as part of everyday life. He plays three little notes. Um, that become the sort of theme of the entire song. Um, it gets picked up by the orchestration and then it gets swept into this beautiful song. And because this whole show is based on a real thing that happened, a real journey that Andrew really took and uh, the podcast he made, these recordings, I just think that that is so smart for this song, which is also based on things that a real rancher in New Mexico said, for it to have been woven into the reality of this moment in such a beautiful way to be just kind of like gently picked up from reality to go into this song that Dennis sings about life is just a brilliant little thing. So just uh, know that as you go into this. Enjoy the beautiful two minutes of Reed Armstrong and Matt Sternin uh, performing These Days Are Gone from Passing Through, now available streaming, goodspeed.org. Just the other day, to grow up and set out on my own I used to think the days were long and plenty Being young is all I'd ever know All I'd ever know And the years tracked by like telephone poles Fourteen Fifteen 
You fret the time You set your goals As it slowly marches off These days are gone These days are gone These days are gone Then one Thursday afternoon You're 42 Isn't a surprise But it suddenly feels big So you start to look at all The things you meant to do Fill the holes you never meant to dig You never meant to dig And the days clip by like old fence posts Go to work, pay the bills Paint a room, have a beer The dreams of youth give up their ghosts they still keep marching on These days are gone These days are gone These days are gone Just beautiful. Yeah, I think about that song a lot. It really articulates uh, a way that time moves and feels like it's moving in such a beautiful way. It's it's kind of both immediate and um, irrational. Um, and it's just a, a great, great song. So if you haven't watched it, please watch it. It's great. It's great. And um, check out um, In the Spotlight, Putting It Together, um, Passing Through, which is available now wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. We're, we're everywhere. Um, and soon to be on YouTube, actually. Um, Ooh. Is, uh, there's a spoiler alert for those uh, listening in the feed and uh, um, and uh, around. We haven't talked about that with um, the rest of the Goodsby team, but I've slowly been doing that. <laughs> we talked about it a long time ago, but it's been like slowly happening. Um, okay, so to dive back into results, um, we have got, um, as a reminder, we've got, and um, this is we've our upstage right championship. We've got Singing in the Rain versus Mary Poppins. Downstage right championship, we've got West Side Story versus Greece. Between these, you know, two, uh, these two brackets, they will eventually, two of these shows will compete against each other, um, which, I mean, I don't even know what's going to happen there. If it's, a, you know, Mary Poppins versus Greece or a Mary Poppins versus West Side Story or Singing in the Rain versus West Side Story, I mean, I don't know what happened. I, that's that's crazy talk. Yeah, crazy. Um, but uh, we have even more even more results. Uh, so we've got a number one seated Wizard of Oz against a number twelve seated Cinderella. Um, I have to say, uh, this is the most existential I have been in this entire competition. The Wizard of Oz plays such an important part in my childhood and my life. I'm literally all of this equipment and we're in my living room right now is sitting on top of a Wizard of Oz puzzle that I'm in the middle of doing. Um, but also um, Cinderella uh, and this particular version of Cinderella also incredibly formative and one of my most favorite things on this planet. So I, I it was like painful and I really hadn't like I hadn't thought about it too much beforehand until I like got there to actually cast my vote. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I like, I, it was stressful, but um, so 
that's all to say, Annika, do you think Cinderella will continue to be the Cinderella story or do you think Wizard of Oz maintains its hold as the um, iconic children fan uh, children's fantasy musical, movie musical? I, I mean, I, I believe in your uh, early prediction that this would be one that had a lot of uh, power, Cinderella, but I don't know if it can take Wizard of Oz. I mean, Wizard of Oz is so big, looms so large, you know, an icon of, of American culture, just full stop. So, you know, and there's been so many offshoots from it. It's just, it's wild. Although it's funny because like now that we're have all these weird, like things in common between these shows, I feel like we have two things here that are about <laughs> girls who wear blue dresses and have, um, Ladies well, with wands who help them along their path. I think the more, um, I, I would say the more uh, literary uh, connection, or maybe not literary, the more like nerdy trivia connection between the two of them, both of them um, really kind of with original and uh, their success owing uh, to CBS, the television station, because CBS, the television station made Wizard of Oz into the popular American classic that it is. And Roger Hammerstein's Cinderella was originally written for CBS as a star vehicle for Dame Julie Andrews back in the 50s. So um, beyond just being children's fantasy movie musicals, they both have roots to CBS television in the 50s. Fun. Wow. There's a little fact. There's a little fun fact. Yep. Um, in, in this essay, I will. Um, uh, kidding. I will not be giving an essay on it. But uh, this matchup really, definitely Wizard of Oz's toughest matchup so far. Cinderella really not coming close to, to topping it. Um, I mean, closer than a lot of other things, but it doesn't it doesn't break 40%. We've got 62% to 38%. So Wizard of Oz um, slides into um, the next round. It eases on down that road to give it. Well, and we'll get to the road. Uh, we'll get there. Um, but yes, it continues its journey down the Yellow Brick Road um, to uh, makes it to the Elite Eight. The first, it will be uh, competing for the championship of the upstage left division against either 11-seated Les Mis or a 7-seated Hello Dolly. Annika, we've got two potential Cinderella stories here. Both movies, as we discussed, that we um, both kind of underestimated their strength in the bracket. Um, but what do you think is going to do it here? Do you think Les Mis will, will overtake Barbara Streisand? Does Barbara Streisand get knocked out um, of both, uh, you know, both of her movies making it to Sweet 16 or two of them making it to, do they both get knocked out today? Or does contemporary classic Les Mis, um, or, or does Les Mis fall? Does the barricade fall? What happens? What happens in this matchup? <laughs> I mean, Les Mis is the one that I have consistently underestimated this entire matchup. Um, I'm going to continue to do that and say that Hello Dolly will beat it. I just can't imagine it taking Hello Dolly. Hello Dolly to me is such a such a fun movie musical, such a classic that I personally love. So although I do like and admire a lot about Les Mis, I have many notes, but um, I just... I just don't think this one is rooted in the popular imagination of our audience. Oh God, so am I wrong? We do have it. We do have an upset alert. I think we're going to dive into the cross tabs. I hope these numbers are. Um, it. Oh, this Ooh. is not. Wait, this is not accurate. This is okay. not accurate. Oh no, this is absolutely not accurate. This is why I do the results beforehand. Okay, wait. <laughs> that is not accurate. That is not updated slide. Hello, Dolly is going to make it. 
um, to the next round. Um, Hello Dolly wins over Les Mis with a, hold on, let me pull it up here. Okay. Oh, goodness. Now I'm very stressed. At the listening uh, audience on the podcast, what just happened is it came up at 71% Les Mis, and I was going to have to excuse myself and go. And that is definitely wrong. That is a visual that is not correct. And now I'm terrified that like, actually I hadn't finished doing the visuals, which I thought I had. It's been a weird morning. Um, so, <laughs> wow. Okay, now I'm like, I'm, uh, I feel, I'm yearning for the time where we on, we're on Instagram and we didn't have visuals. Um, you know what? This is just following a standard dramatic structure because so, now here we are, we're like approaching the end. We have some more like a scenario that is a, a something thrown into the mix to make the drama rise even more. So, so everything we should be diving into the cross tabs here um, to see that um, Hello Dolly wins the good speed Instagram wins the Instagram vote um, uh, with a 52, 53-47 split on the Goodspeed Instagram, a 72-28 split on the in the Spotlight Instagram, but Les Mis wins the Facebook vote. It is not enough to secure a victory for Les Mis, so number seven, Hello Dolly, makes it to the Elite Eight, uh, I, a result that I think is somewhat surprising. I would I did not predict the strength of Hello Dolly, and yes, the visual very much wrong here, um, but... Uh, it is still, um, here's the correct visual. Here's the correct visual. Oh, there we go, okay. Um, 45 to 55% uh, total. Um, this giving me a little bit of peace that um, maybe I did do this correctly. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, Dolly will never go away again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe Hello Dolly, there's a, maybe Hello Dolly is the Cinderella story. Maybe actually that's the story that has been in front of us the whole time and we've just missed it, is there's actually a lot of love for Hello Dolly. What do you think? I mean, I think there is a lot of love for Hello Dolly. In my mind, it, it's not too far below the kind of singing in the rains and the sound of musics, even though I, I, you know, those are probably ultimately better films. But um, yeah, I'm just, you know, um, I, I'm really impressed that Les Mis has has so much love. Um, I guess there's a, there's less in common between these shows, although I guess they do feature uh, a staircase or a large wooden structure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm above it. Uh, and I red you, as a large theme. There you go. We, I was gonna say, I guess you could make that you could make the case that um, they both share this idea of um, of living of like living life to its fullest potential. I guess you could maybe draw That's a very cool. thin, uh, a thin connection. I think Les Mis has a lot more going on than that, but uh, certainly yeah. a redemption story. Um, whereas Hello Dolly is really a reawakening to life. I actually kind of think Hello Dolly is like the perfect show to be exiting the pandemic because it's it's all about returning to life and, and yeah. the characters choosing to live and choosing to like love. And it makes me, yeah. the, nothing gets me, like Hello Dolly gets me a little like teary. I have to, I have to admit it's, it does. It's so delightful. And you know, it's, what's interesting to me too about these cross tabs is that Normally, I think our email survey audience, which we haven't been able to do this week because the turnaround would be too quick, but normally those are the audiences that seem to be uh, leaning towards the older classics, the ones that are the you know from an earlier generation, perhaps like less the contemporary ones. And it's fascinating to me that the the group that seems to be most representing that voice in this uh, today is our podcast Instagram which is not what I would have thought. Although notably, um, My Fair Lady was a show that we did analyze on a podcast 
we haven't done Hello Dolly yet, have we? We have not done Dolly. We have yeah. not. I would expect, spo- uh, teaser, I would expect Hello Dolly to be featured in the second season of In the Spotlight yeah. because it's, we haven't done a Jerry Herman and it definitely is one of the, one of the A-list shows that we have not tackled. So I would bet yeah. that it shows up at some point, but. Yeah, um, we did do Les Mis, so maybe I'm just proving my, the point I just made wrong. Well, <laughs> I mean, the interesting point to make though is like what's interesting about the, at least the last round, Les Mis was partially boosted to victory because of the email survey audience. So had we had the time to do a turnaround, I think there's there's case to say that, I mean, Hello Dolly was a tight matchup between Guys and Dolls and its first head to head. Um, it beat Newsies pretty handily in the email survey, but I think there may be some uh, some some bricks laid, I guess, for Les Mis to maybe have beaten it in, a, in an email survey vote. So who knows? But we'll never, we'll never know. We'll never yeah. know. Um, I do think we have we do have um, Dolly Miss Dolly Levi herself, uh, Mrs. Dolly Levi, excuse me, herself for comment. Goodbye. What? Goodbye. What are you talking about? Goodbye. 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 Definitely gloating, gloating her uh, her victory over Jean Valjean. Um, so we've got Wizard of Oz, and number one seeded Wizard of Oz versus number seven seeded Hello Dolly, our lowest seed um, still in the tournament. Uh, what do you think? What do you think happens here? Do you think this is an easy easy victory for Wizard of Oz to make it to the final four, or do you think? Um, Dolly's here to stay. I think this is not an easy victory, but I do think it is a victory. I think I think the Dolly fans will be there for Dolly, but you know, I, I, Wizard of Oz might take the entire tournament. It's it's one of the big, huge ones. So, it may. yeah, it may. All right, and now we head down to the um, the downstage left bracket with a number one seated Sound of Music versus a number twelve seated Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, both staples of the American childhood. Um, and um, I, I was actually looking into Willy Wonka today just because I, I hadn't really, um, I just hadn't really, as we've gone through it, and I was I was looking at various things and listening to interviews with Gene Wilder, who is a, an infinitely fascinating figure. Um, and talented, talented actor. Um, and I didn't realize it was kind of a, it was not really a massive success when it first came out. It, it like The Wizard of Oz has had success because of VHS and DVD and TV and, and things like that, but it wasn't a big success right out the gate. Um, at Conversely, The Sound of Music was a gargantuan hit from the instant it came out and has continued to be in years since. Um, do you think that the love for Willy Wonka is enough to topple um, Maria and seven yodeling children? I mean, probably not. But I will say that this is an interesting matchup because in some ways this matchup, I feel like the sound of music's weakness is its strength in some ways, you know, because it's such a huge hit. It's such a part of American culture. It's so beloved. I think some people just don't like liking that, you know, um, whereas Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is definitely sort of a weirder um, as you said, it wasn't a big hit originally. It's it's kind of more of a cult favorite. So I think for people who are drawn to things that are a little bit less mainstream, um, there are going to be people who really go straight to Willy Wonka for that. But I don't think there's probably enough of those people to beat Sound of Music. 
And you would be correct. It is it is still Sound of Music's toughest competition yet, with Willy Wonka getting about a fifth of the vote, seventy eight to twenty two. Um, and uh, so definitely, it's it's strongest competition by by uh, just by the hair of its chin chin chin. Um, but Sound of Music, uh, the next the next and the seventh movie to make it to the Elite Eight, um, and it will either face a number six seated Wiz or a number two seated Cabaret. Annika, what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, again, like we've got like two Titans. It's hard to pick. I, I, my, I suspect Cabaret um, will make it and it will be um, a, for lack of a better connection, a World War II Nazi show off between Cabaret and The Sound of Music, two very yeah. different takes on, um, not different takes, they're both staunchly anti-Nazi to be clear. We did. Um, we did um, already have a debate in the world about whether Nazis were uh, we could were pro Nazis, anti Nazis, definitely anti Nazi, um, and Cabaret <laughs> and Sound of Music both on that side of it. But what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think the Wiz and that childhood love is enough to topple topple Cabaret? I mean, I wish it were. Frankly, I mean, I love the Wiz so much that it would be it would be really fun to see it dominating here. But I just don't think. Um, it's going to be Cabaret. Cabaret is such a classic film, um, kind of a higher profile in the film world, a higher profile in terms of the Fosse, the Liza Minnelli, the number, you know, it's it's just got a lot going for it on a lot of different levels. And I just don't think that Wiz has that kind of strength. Yeah, so it's about a two-thirds, one-third split, two-thirds going to Cabaret, a third going to The Wiz, um, a little over that for The Wiz, actually, with 64-36. Um, but that will make the um, the final matchup in the Elite Eight, um, which goes live tonight at midnight on um, our Instagram and Facebook pages, um, that, final, that final matchup, Sound of Music, Cabaret, what do you think? I, I mean, I, 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 think Sound of, I think Sound of Music makes it out. Um, personally, I think when you get down to a lot of, uh, I mean, I don't know. I keep waiting for the moment that, that the, the underdogs kind of overtake the, the, the massive Titans. I mean, they're obviously, these are both massive, massive um, and massively popular um, movies, but I think, I don't know. I can't, I, I, so it makes me nervous because I, I, I will. I know where my vote's going. I mean, it's on the wall behind me. I think it's pretty clear. But Annika, do you think? I feel like Cabaret has a real shot. Here. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a kind of interesting one because, in some ways, these are so different as films. Like one of them is is much more. Even though I think Sound of Music. See, there. I was. I was going to presage what I was going to say. Like Sound of Music has a bad reputation for being like saccharine sweet, which I think is actually not deserved. It's that got a lot more darkness in it as a movie than I think people give it credit for. Um, but it certainly has that presence in the popular imagination versus Cabaret, which is obviously dark um, on a lot of different levels. Its setting is dark. Its characters are difficult and complicated. Um, the, uh, obviously there's a lot like that Fosse choreography is like dirty and sexy. It's just like, it really is sort of like sweetness and light versus kind of sexy dirtiness. And that is, you know, there are some people who are just going to choose the darker one. I think when given those two options, I like that both of these posters, it looks like they're, these two ladies are truly having a showdown with each other there. 
I mean, I have to say it is a it is a showdown. We haven't talked about like that. This is a role that defines Liza Minnelli's career, yeah. um, undoubtedly, um, and certainly a role that defines Julie Andrews' career. I mean, as much as Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, and and Maria get lumped into basically the same character um, because they're both, uh, you know nanny slash governess of uh of children and sing and they're fun like happy you know warm family family oriented movies um although i would also say that mary poppins is a lot darker and uh mary poppins is a lot sassier than people remember mary poppins because the clip that gets played is spoonful of sugar and she's you know smiling and everything's you know wonderful and super cal and all these things but like she is an ice cold um wonderful uh, like snippy and and honestly and as you were saying about sound of music I think there's a lot of grit to the sound of music um, helped by the late Christopher Plummer who um, most recent um, passed away about a month ago now I guess um, maybe a little longer um, but there's a lot of they worked very hard to to keep the movie from being too saccharine which was definitely a critique leveled at the stage musical um, but we do have a maria for comment about the upcoming matchup and uh, i believe the reporter has asked her you know like do you think do you think you can beat cabaret i have confidence in sunshine i have confidence in rain i have confidence that spring will come again besides which you see i have confidence in me Listen, she feels strongly that she can carry this out to victory. Um, I will also note that in that clip, um, one of my dearest friends from childhood used to always laugh and say that uh, with his sister um, and say that her underpants um, show in that moment because there's that little like white strip that happens. <laughs> that is not her underpants. It is her pocket. You child, childhood fool. Love. <laughs> Only love to my best friend Alex. Only love, but you're wrong. It is her pocket. Okay, so but it um, is Sally Bowles underpants in pretty much every number. So in pretty much everything in cabaret. So for this uh, for this matchup, we've got a number one seated Wiz against a number seven seated Hello Dolly. A one seated um, a music man or uh, sound of music versus a number two seated cabaret and downstage left. I mean, do you think it's going to be a Wizard of Oz sound of music showdown? Is that what your prediction is here? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen here is is we haven't really seen the Into the Woods of this year. We haven't really seen something that seems like it would have a little bit more of um, a sort of niche area get almost to the top. We've really just seen that the big ones are are dominating here. I do like, and this is actually kind of true for a lot of them, but th these are these are four shows that are led by very strong female characters. So I'm very happy to see that. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna come down to Wizard of Oz and Sound of Music and where it goes after that, I don't know. I mean, it's anybody's guess. I'm, so we've got one more, I think one more slide. These are the Elite Eight. We've got a number one seated Singing in the Rain, a number three seated Mary Poppins, a number uh, three seated Grease against a number one seated West Side Story, a number one seated Wizard of Oz against a number seven seated Hello Dolly, a number one seated Sound of Music against a number two seated Cabaret. Uh, I think it's notable that the uh, newest movie of this bunch is Cabaret, which came out in roughly... 1977. Um, we definitely uh, veered toward the classics. I mean, and that's def that's over 50 years, ago, 40 years ago, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, almost. Yeah. Uh, maybe Greece actually. Greece came out in like 78. Actually, I take that back. I take that back. Cabaret came out in 1972. Don't ask me why I know this. It came out in 1972. 
Um, and Grease came out in like 78. So actually Grease is the newest movie. So I'm sorry. Before I get the before we get the emails, don't mention me. Don't don't get into my DMs about this. I I no, I reject that energy. Um, but Annika, I'm gonna ask you to pick what do you think is gonna win each division? What do you think is gonna take it all? I think we're gonna look, I think, I think we're gonna see the the number one. Well, no, Mary, I don't know. I can't remember if Mary Poppins is a number. I, I think we're going to see Mary Poppins. Yeah. We have yet to see a number one. I, a number one seed has not been knocked out. We have all four number yeah, one. We have all four. Okay. Poppins. I think we're going to see Mary Poppins uh, versus what did I say before? Now I can't remember. I, I don't think, remember. I think we might see Mary Poppins versus West Side Story. That's and my, then, I, I would agree. I would agree. I think yeah. that that, and that was in my original bracket, I think was Mary Poppins versus West Side. Yeah. And I, I think that that is going to happen. Yeah. I think that's going to be next. And then I think it's going to be Wizard of Oz versus Sound of Music. And then hazard a guess with that as the final four, Julie Andrews, my dame, my queen, my head of coven, Dame Julie Andrews, head of my coven. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's going to be a Julie Andrews showdown in the final? Or do you think it's going to be a Robert Wise showdown in the final. I mean, there are so many interesting, I mean, there are a lot of final matchups, but it could be Mary Poppins versus Sound of Music, which would just be Julie Andrews versus herself. It could, it could be West Side Story versus Sound of Music, which are both films made by Robert Wise, um, the you know famed film director and editor. It could be Mary Poppins versus Wizard of Oz, which would just be like children's fantasies on, you know, on display, or it could be West Side Story versus Wizard of Oz. Battle of the W's. I don't really have a great um, way to connect those two. <laughs> but what do you think? What do you think? What do you think the final matchup's going to be? You know, it's so funny. If you just gave me these four, I would have said it would have been Wizard Boss versus Sound of Music. But that's not how brackets work. I think it's going to be Mary. I think it's going to be a Julie Andrews versus herself. I think we're going to have a doppelganger situation here and it's going to be Mary Poppins versus Sound of Music. But I have sucked at all my predictions thus far. So take that with a grain of salt. I mean, first off, if it is those two movies against each other, I don't, I think that's not insane. They are my two favorite. They are two literally, and I, I, I'm sure everyone who listens know that, knows this, but like literally my number one and my number two favorite movies. I love, I mean, I've got one on the wall. I've got another on my mug. I love the both of them so much. So I, my constitution can't handle that, particularly if it's like a blowout. I just would, my heart would be like dead. But I feel like it's going to be a Robert Wise showdown. I feel like West Side Story, it's going to be West Side Story versus Sound of Music and I don't know what happens there. I don't know. I mean, I said Sound of Music. That was my original bracket. Let me throw out my original prediction. My original prediction, which is not too far off. Look at you. I mean, you are very good at this. I mean, my upstage left is pretty messed up, but everything else, I mean, toss, toss. Yeah. I'm also, I have to say, I'm going to shamelessly brag and say, I am maybe going to win my family's NCAA bracket tournament too, which I... I don't know if I won last year. I definitely won a couple years ago. And I really don't pay attention to NCAA basketball. So it makes my family very upset. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Annika, just for the sake of record, I'm going to go ahead and throw up your um, original predictions. Oh, uh, I was afraid of this. You do. I mean, you've got, you have the potential to be still in it, though, with a singing in the rain versus um, Grease matchup in the final, which absolutely could That's be. True. I mean, that absolutely could be on a newsies, of course, not going to take it, not going to be the the one to to yeah. take it all. But I mean, I this is fascinating. This really could be, I mean, 
I feel like the the I will be shocked if Hello Dolly makes it to the final four. That would be the most shocking thing I think to me. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. So I think that bids us that that takes us out. We'll we'll take away the graphic. Thank yeah. you all for joining us for uh, another day of the of movie musicals March Madness. We'll be back Friday, same bat time, same bat channel, Facebook and YouTube. The voting goes live in our Instagram stories and on our Facebook page this evening at midnight. Um, there have been has been incredible, incredible turnout and uh, tons of people watching these little. Um, these little dog and pony shows at the end of the day um, and in the podcast feed, make sure to check out the podcast too, because there's a deep dive into passing through that you do not want to miss. Um, I, I, you will learn so much and I, I guarantee it's going to make you want to run and go see passing through, which you should. Um, but um, Annika, any words as, as before we bid adieu and, um, and yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think this is this is a blast to be reminded of all these great shows that are available on film. And, it, you know, it's funny, I was thinking with Passing Through, it's like, what a gift this is, because usually the section of theater that you really don't get to experience outside of it being on stage is new musicals, unless they travel on, because they often have a small run in the theater, and then, like, you're not going to see them filmed, usually, uh, like we're, we're able to do with this. So... There are so many good reasons to dive in. Um, we have this amazing opportunity, which we might not have had otherwise. And uh, yeah, I love I love theater. What a thing. What a great thing that we do. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will see you on Friday, everyone. Until then, take care and make sure to vote in the stories. Tell your friends about it. Start whipping, start whipping the votes. Start whipping the votes. Make sure your favorite stays in the competition. Make your voice heard. Um, and... We will be back with results on Friday. Maybe with uh, maybe with some more. Maybe we'll have no graphic issues, and maybe we'll have a guest or two. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Who knows? We'll see you Friday. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>